Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Monday, March 1st. With this being the first Monday of the month at this time, we set aside a little time to find out what's going on with the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. On the other side of our Zoom connection this morning is its president and CEO, Patrick Sisler. Patrick, good morning and welcome back, sir. Good morning, Gary. Happy to be here. Glad you are with us. If you have a question about the Community Foundation, Patrick will be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Before we talk about some of the things that are going on with the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area, I want to touch upon two previous subjects, or shall we say uh, subjects that came up, one rather recently, and then one as we take a look back. Uh, a couple of days ago, we had uh, Jonathan Brownson joining us. Uh, he is with, um, he is a realtor that uh, is uh, trying to maintain something that his wife had started building beloved communities, his BBC and me, trying to focus on getting realtors to set aside part of their commissions to uh, nonprofits, uh, to the nonprofit of the choice of their clients. And they're working with the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area uh, in sort of a sense that you, the foundation sort of handles the money aspect of it and putting the funds where it is, uh, the, where it really needs to go. And that's something that's one of the nice things that the foundation can do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm so glad you had an opportunity to to spotlight Jonathan and the good work he's doing to to carry on. Uh, Jeanette's legacy. You know, it's uh, I, I have a lot of fond memories of of Jeanette. My uh, my office for many years was next door to hers, and I, I would walk by every day and see the the sign get updated of all the nonprofits that that she was supporting um, through the the clients um, that she was she was selling houses for. So uh, she was a wonderful person, and so thrilled that that John Jonathan has kind of found a an outlet and a way to to kind of carry on her legacy in in, in the community and. Yeah, this is absolutely one of the reasons why the Community Foundation exists. Um, one of our goals is to help donors achieve their charitable goals. And so, um, you know, a number of years ago, we we saw Jeff Elhart do something similar in supporting mental health and schools. Um, and and again, we're we're a vehicle and a mechanism to make make some of those goals possible. And uh, we're happy to to partner with Jonathan now and in, in, in achieving that. The other thing too is the foundation itself has been strengthening. Uh, uh, nonprofits with some of its investments as well. So it's one thing to facilitate one that wants to give. It's another thing to be able to help overall as the, you know, the foundation strong financial strength. Yeah, you bet. And that's, that's the topic I, I'd love to chat about here today. So uh, yeah, so you know, as you mentioned, local nonprofits. I mean, they're absolutely critical to to our ability to create a fully thriving community for all who live and work in the Holland Zealand area. And uh, so, you know, investing in the health and strength of our local nonprofits meaningfully impacts the lives of of many community members. And, and so, for for years now, the Community Foundation has been investing in efforts to support nonprofit leaders and organizations with the resources, information, and and people to to do their best work 
Um, and so uh, CFHZ made one of our first investments in the strength of our local nonprofit sector back in 2011 with funding to offer board training uh, to individuals so that they would have a grounded understanding in what to expect from board service as well as what would be expected of them. And since then, the, the Community Foundation has invested more than $600,000 from our community's endowment to fund efforts that strengthen our local nonprofit sector. So some of the ways that that's transpired over the years, we, we've invested uh, heavily in operating and program support to the Lakeshore Nonprofit Alliance and Community Spoke. And these are, are two organizations that I happen to be very familiar with. Yes, uh, having we are well aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> Having been the uh, founding executive director of, of each of those organizations and had the, the privilege of leading them for, for 10 years. So, so this is certainly work that's that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and, and unlike many of the nonprofits that we support at the Community Foundation that are often providing uh, really direct services to community members, the Lakeshore Nonprofit Alliance and Community Spoke were created to provide services to really help strengthen the nonprofit sector as a whole. Um, and so we've invested heavily in, in capacity for those organizations uh, over the last uh, uh, decade plus. We've also invested very specifically. Um, and so I mentioned nonprofit board trainings, uh, we've had the privilege of funding uh, several dozens of, of those trainings over the years and had had over a thousand people in Ottawa County um, actually participate, which we think is fantastic and, and shows the level of investment so many volunteers have uh, in our community and serving on local boards. We've invested in nonprofit executive transitions. So when a nonprofit's facing losing an executive director, helping invest resources to help them navigate that. We've invested in, in nonprofit staff leadership development, recruitment and retention programs. We've invested in data collection regarding community needs and specifically measuring the health of our local nonprofit sector, as well as investing in nonprofit mergers and, and former collaborations. So, you know, if, if we think back to, to 2020 and 2021, those, those years provided really, a, a, for us, a living case study, which demonstrated beyond a doubt that these investments were wise and in a worthwhile use of community endowment resources. Our efforts to strengthen the nonprofit sector helped uh, nonprofit partners really lean into existing trust-built uh, trust relationships to collaborate, innovate, and respond to inc increasingly complex challenges during the pandemic. Um, while really uh, fulfilling their missions at a high level. And so, um, in short, we saw nonprofits step up in a big, big way. Um, the, the, a couple specific examples that I'd highlight, you know, we had uh, 60 plus community leaders that would meet virtually every day um, for, for many, many months uh, to, to problem solve the emerging needs during the pandemic. In fact, I think that was one of the first times or, uh, that I was on with, with Talk of the Town chatting with you about that a couple of years ago. Um, we, we also saw organizations like the Bridge Youth Center um, in Zeeland begin to, to provide food for the first time to youth and local families in their neighborhood. We saw Good Samaritan Ministries spin up a program to help pay for renters to avoid eviction. And we saw Community Action House pack food boxes, and many of them kind of culturally sensitive food boxes to go home and help neighbors in, in need. So uh, just a few of many stories where we you know, we kind of saw these investments pay off. Um, and so as we emerged from the pandemic, really two things were true for us. One is uh, we saw the value of our previous investments in strengthening the nonprofit sector and, and that, that those were wise decisions. And then we also recognized we could accomplish a lot more uh, if we had more resources to, to dedicate really to this work. I hear a call for help. I hear a cry. <laughs> 
uh, yes, uh, the clarion bell is being rung by Patrick Sisler with the uh, Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. And we'll get to that clarion bell in a minute. If you have a question for Patrick, 616 395 1450. All right, we're clanging the clarion bell. What can the community do to help the foundation sort of uh, take the next step in these efforts that you've just mentioned? Yeah, so again, we recognize the need for more resources. And and so we responded, as, as we often do, we launched a campaign to raise funds uh, specifically for strengthening the nonprofit sector. And the goal is to raise $1.7 million. One and a half million was to go to strengthening the nonprofit sector endowment fund, ensuring that the Holland Zealand area always has resources to invest in a healthy nonprofit sector. 150,000 was to add immediate capacity to launch new services uh, and grow existing programs while that endowment uh, was was built up over a few years. And then $50,000 went to uh, for evaluation to really measure how effective our strengthening the nonprofit sector investments uh, we're, we're making, how effective are the programs that we're investing in. And so thanks to the incredible generosity of local individuals and families and companies, uh, we were able to raise $1.7 million and, and achieve our goal by spring of, of 2023. And, and like so many times in this community, our community stepped up to the plate. Quickly, and so, quickly, real quick. Yeah, yeah, Raising please. the $2.3 million, I mean, $1.7 million by the spring of 2023. I know that yeah. sometimes you, you, you do project goals for such a fundraising how much forward was the target date? Uh, I mean, how much uh, the tar- hitting the target in spring of 2023? How how much did, did it, was it sooner than you expected? <laughs> it, it, I will say it was sooner than we expected. <laughs> we were looking at, at more of a two year campaign, and, and and we hit it in in shorter than that time frame. And so um, again, that just it it. it speaks volumes to, to the community and, and the supporters that, that really care uh, about this work. So, you know, w- once we had the resources, we, we knew there were, were three areas that, that we really wanted to specifically invest in. Um, the first is people and talent and, and really doubling down on investments in top level staff leadership and expanding opportunities for management and executive level leaders who are uh, already executive directors. The second was investing in field level capacity. So really increasing support for the Lakeshore Nonprofit Alliance and Community Spoke to expand their capacity building work with nonprofits. And then third was investing in in something new for us, which was uh, uh, direct technical assistance in in designing a a technical assistance fund, which supports organizations in, in improving specific areas of their operations by providing matching funds for outside consulting services. All right. If you got a question for Patrick Sisler of the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. All right. You reached a goal, $1.7 million by the spring of 2023. Easy to say, now what? <laughs> uh, you've got to move forward from there, don't you? You betcha. Um, and so in, in 2023 and then looking ahead into the rest of this year, uh, really, there, there's several ways that, that we're deploying the funds to, to strengthen our local nonprofit sector. Um, first, we, we added a cohort of the nonprofit leadership program called Lead 24-7, uh, specifically for emerging leaders. So this is a, a program we've been running for or helping to fund for a number of years for executive directors in our 
community. And this is the first opportunity we've had to invest in emerging leaders. So, so those are, are, are uh, folks who are in leadership positions at nonprofits, such as maybe operations, maybe they're in a development uh, development role or a finance role, but not executive directors. And so that, that cohort began last month with nine rising leaders participating. So we're, we're thrilled to get that off the ground. We also funded two nonprofit leaders to participate in the Unmistakable Leader uh, program, which is through Be Unmistakable, uh, which is a, a blend of, of, of both for-profit and nonprofit leaders. And that program is designed to help emerging and, and established leaders gain the tools to inspire positive culture and drive purpose through their organization. We also, uh, as I mentioned, we, we were able to launch our technical assistance fund, which is new for us. Um, this, this fund supports local organizations pursuing outside consulting services to help them improve a specific area of operations by providing matching resources to make the financial investment less of a reach. And so we're, we're thrilled that we were able to uh, announce our first grant award from this fund uh, to the Outdoor Discovery Center to help with their uh, consult uh, consulting support for the implementation of a new HR system, Bamboo HR. Um, and if you've been following the folks over at ODC, they just they continue to just grow and expand uh, at quite a rapid rate. And so we were thrilled to be able to help invest uh, in some HR capacities for them. And then we're, we're also responding to, to emerging needs. Um, and so we've long supported, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, nonprofits that are facing an executive director transition. Um, and so qualifying organizations receive $3,000 to support their process with a variety of, of potential strategic tools, which could be hiring an interim director. It could be uh, investing in professional development or coaching for a new executive director. It could be working with a search firm to help uh, navigate a, a leadership transition. Um, and so we'll continue to, to support that work. But then this year specifically, we're also going to focus um, uh, uniquely on just the large number of transitions that we've had. Um, and so we're going to invest in some of the, the new leaders that are, are running local nonprofits and just kind of help them get oriented to, to their own organization, but also the broader uh, nonprofit community, the community at large, and really just the collaborative nature that, that we all work in. And then finally, uh, we were able to support this year the Greater Ottawa County United Way in their upcoming community assessment process. So uh, this is a, a massive study that's done every three years and yields uh, really important longitudinal data on how our community is faring uh, in, in, in a variety of measures related to health, education, basic needs, and financial stability. And so we lasted that, or they lasted that assessment three years ago, which was 2021, and kind of on the, you know, still very much a part of the pandemic and everything that was going on during that time. And so we're really eager to see how the community is faring uh, three years from now, or three years from then. Yeah, right? indeed. 616-395-1450, if you have a question for Patrick Sisler of the Community Foundation. I'm going to throw a question as one who had, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, founding a couple of nonprofit efforts on your own. I'm going to throw this as an example, not so much for you to comment on the example, but say for, we'll say this with situation, all right? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to chat with Jocelyn Leonard, uh, the mother of Wes Leonard, who died uh, mm -hmm. in 2011, had uh, a heart condition, the defibrillator wasn't working at Fenville High, and they wanted to do something for his legacy. 
And so they started up the West Leonard Hart team, and they've gotten defibrillators to a number of schools and organizations over the years. Uh, when someone decides, I want to start a, non, a, a nonprofit, I want to start a, a, a charitable effort, what are some of the pitfalls that they need to avoid? And I'm going to ask from your experience about maybe some of the things that you had to avoid when you were starting up a couple of nonprofits and maybe something that the foundation can help those who want to start a fledgling nonprofit saying that there's seeing a need that perhaps they feel they can fill that is not being filled by another nonprofit. Yeah. How, how much time do you have? Gary? <laughs> Give me a couple of minutes and then I'll take a break. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a topic that I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with. So I'll, I'll try to keep it to a couple bullet points here, but yeah, I, it, first off, I just want to say, I mean, I, I, I so highly respect the, you know, we talked about Jonathan earlier and Jocelyn, just anyone who is trying to turn tragedy in, into to, to a, a bright spot for our community and for our world. And and so I, I commend all of those individuals. You know, I, I think some of the, the pitfalls, um, one of the things I, and I've had lots of conversations with folks over the years who have wanted to found a nonprofit um, in, in a similar way. And, you know, one of the, one of the first questions I ask them is, um, or one of the first things I help them realize is if you're going to go down this path, you're going to be almost 100% fundraising. Your, your, your time is going to be spent fundraising. And, and most people, you know, when they get into nonprofit and they want to do good for the community, they think more about the hands-on activities that are involved with that work. But but donations are, are really what fuel that work. And so I think one of the things, one of the pitfalls is, is folks getting into it, not realizing most of their time is going to be spent asking other people for money. And, and, and so I think that's just one of the really important things to, to, to realize. Um, you know, something else that both when I was at the Lakeshore Nonprofit Alliance and now at the Community Foundation, because we, we have these conversations with folks also, is just is, is recognizing that there, there may be others that are doing that work, right? Um, and, and so, you know, one of the roles that we often play is just, uh, you know, you want to make a difference in the community, get to know the other nonprofits and partners in the community that are doing similar work, make an introduction, get to know them, because, you know, what you what you may be providing is is may not actually be new. Um, and if there's a way that you can enhance work that's already transpiring, you know, that that's um, that, that's certainly a, a good use of the time. And then, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Jump in. I was just going to say two things. Yeah, Which, please. Uh, check your pride at the door. Uh, just because, you know, you want to do something great, but if somebody else is doing it, don't be resentful of the other people doing it. Help them out. Don't, you know, check your pride at the door. I think more than anything else in that regard and uh, don't be, you know, don't view other people as being competitors uh, yeah. in, in the uh, similar nonprofits as being competitors. They're being, think of them as colleagues. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, that, that's well said. And, and, and that's one of the, the prides that I take in the Holland Zealand community is, is for, you know, for the most part, our nonprofit community works really well together. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful thing. It's something that um, really, really sets us above. The, the last thing then that I just I'll mention quickly, you know, a lot of people don't get into, you know, they don't found nonprofits expecting that most of their time is fundraising. The other piece is they don't think they're going to be running a business. And at the end of the day, a nonprofit is a business. You, you have to manage a board. You have to manage people. You have to, uh, you know, have accurate financial record keeping and, and HR practice. So, 
it, it just be mindful that it, you know starting a nonprofit is is starting a corporation like any other, and and that that's a that's a big part of your time and and what you'll you know how you'll be spending your time. And so just trying to paint a little bit of those those realizations and, and understanding understandings up front can be helpful. I know that uh, looking at the weather and caused me already to say once earlier today uh may 1st instead of march 1st uh we it feels as if we could be getting toward the beginning of may and that leads us to uh something to put into the calendars for indeed the month of may the annual luncheon involving the community foundation yeah thanks for thanks for that gary and and, and if i may i, I want to Put a date on everyone's calendar, May uh, uh, Thursday, May 23rd. We'll be back at the Holland Civic Center place uh, where we've hosted the last couple of years. Doors will open at 11, program begins at 11.30. And uh, this is really an opportunity for us to share a little bit of kind of the, the state of the community foundation. Um, and so we'll share some updates on our efforts to really create a thriving community for all by deploying our community's endowment for impact, as well as how we're partnering with donors to help them achieve their charitable goals. So uh, you can find more information online at cfhz.org slash annual luncheon. So registration is open. Indeed, and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, a little something between the end of Tulip Time and the Memorial Day weekend. That's coming up on the 23rd, a Thursday. Uh, have lunch over with the Holland, uh, with the uh, Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area. One other thing as well, and I, this is the other point I was going to make at the beginning of our conversation, uh, Patrick, is the fact that. Does it feel like it's been four years since we had the outbreak? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, how much you know, has gone through. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I know just in just in conversations with folks, right? Sometimes it's like the uh, it was almost a time warp that happened during those those couple of years. But you know, in many ways, it feels like it was yesterday, and in many ways, it feels like it was decades ago, which is kind of funny. So, um, but yeah, we our, our community went through a significant challenge as all communities did. And I, I think we, we came out, um, in, we came out well. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of that is thanks to our, our nonprofit partners and other key institutions in the community, but yeah, hard to believe it's been four years. You with the Lakeshore nonprofit Alliance and Mike Gorehouse, when he was running the, uh, community foundation started the, uh, efforts to, uh, say, Hey, we have an emergency all hands on deck and uh it, it sort of forged a good alliance obviously now that you are with the community foundation but uh you take a look back and saying you know we did good <laughs> we did good didn't it yeah it, it does feel good i mean certainly an incredibly challenging time but but as i shared earlier the way that you know, Mike and I got to work together, but so many, so many leaders in our community from from a variety of, of different sectors, for profit, the church community, uh, the law enforcement, hospitals, health department. I mean, everybody just kind of rallied. And um, it, it was beautiful to, as, as often is the case, see the Holland Zealand community step up. The lessons learned during the outbreak of March 2020. And we're talking now March 2024. We're out on the other side. If you want more information about the Holland, the Community Foundation of the Holland Zealand area, you can call the foundation at 616 396 6590. 
616-396-6590, but perhaps a better way to get the information about some of the things that Patrick has mentioned and some of the things that the foundation is doing. Go to CFHZ, that's CFHZ.org, and you'll be able to find out more about the Community Foundation and how you can help the foundation. As always, Patrick Sisler, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for the foundation's service to our community. And if all goes well, let's do this again next month. Thanks, Gary. See you next month. Thank you very much, Patrick Sisler on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. CBS News with Steve Kathan straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. We'll have some birthdays, news off the beaten path, and then we'll have Susie Buzo with the Evergreen Commons Report on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.